0: This episode, the presence of evil, the triumph of the cross, and Jesus Christ, some saints who knew all about it, and you, the Catholic Underground, starts right now. Well, hey there, you have hit the play button on the Catholic Underground, the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 431 for those of you keeping score at home. That's quite a score, as a matter right, of fact.
1: Yeah.
0: I am Father Chris Decker. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining me, we've got Olivia Galino. Olivia, hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> also on assignment would be Kathleen Lee. She yeah. is not joining us today, yep. um, but that's okay because uh, you know we'll we'll welcome Out her back.
1: In the vineyard.
0: She's in the vineyard doing presumably the Lord's work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's always doing the Lord's work. That's the thing about Kathleen. If she's not here, you can bet she's on retreat somewhere. Oh yeah. Also on retreat up on the Jeff Star One, we've got Albert who's running the video or the audio for us. I did that last time. I don't know what my deal is. Sorry about that, Albert. That's audio, right? Uh, just keeping the Jeff Star One in orbit. That's right, exactly. He's making sure it does not decay. And Ed is running the video for us as well uh, in the ball pit there. Uh, thanks to Ed. You said for, it. Well, well, I mean, you know, Kathleen's not here, so somebody's gotta. I feel like pre-admonished by Kathleen.
1: Thank you. Good. Yeah. I mean.
0: Speaking, like I have much power. Okay. Speaking of admonition, huh? Um, we ought to uh, admonish ourselves for, for the times in which we perhaps think that the devil ain't real. Oh, yeah. But as it turns out, he is. Mm-hmm. Because if we believe that scripture is the divine and revealed word of God. And it is. And it is, right? Then the stuff that's in it must also be true. Yeah. And it is. And one of the characters that appears throughout the scripture from all the way to Genesis, from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, uh, is is Satan, is mm-hmm. the devil, uh, the evil one. And so as we kind of make our way into uh, a time of year that is typically uh, given over to kind of dabbling in, uh, in in the dark arts, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, we thought we would devote an episode talking a little bit about um, about the reality of evil, the presence of evil in the world, the reality of Satan, and then how to fight him, how to combat him mm-hmm. and the power of Jesus Christ in the midst of all of this. Because, again, there, there are so many things that we think we know about him, that we think we believe about him just because we look at how the world looks at him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we're trying to dispel some of that. Yeah, uh, without using spells because that is of the devil.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think like maybe at the outset some distinctions to be made. Like, mm-hmm. so Satan has reality because mm-hmm. he is a, a spirit. He's a fallen spirit, but yep. he has reality to him. Mm-hmm. But something that I, a, a distinction I try to make with my students is that evil is not r- like a, a thing. Yeah, you right. You know, like evil doesn't have like like a, some kind of tangibility, like I'm going to be able to hold on and grab right. on in to In fact, evil.
0: evil is the absence of good. Yeah. yeah, it's It like is the, a privation.
1: Exactly, yeah. The philosophical de- definition is it's a privation. So it's, you know, there's supposed to be goodness in the world. There's goodness in creation. There's goodness in humanity. We hear that, you know, page one mm-hmm. of the scriptures. And evil empties the creation empties, uh, a situation empties an act of its goodness. Yeah. Um, and so that's all that it is, but it doesn't have like existence outside of that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so when we talk about, uh, Satan, we talk about, uh, well, the, the prince of evil, right? Yeah. The, the one who, who, um, who himself orients everything towards non-being Yes. towards destruction, towards an absence of good.
1: Yeah. So if like evil is like emptying a situation or an act of good, that Satan's like the one at the trap door, that, that's ready right. to yeah. like pull the latch. Yeah.
0: Exactly, uh, and and of course to to counter that, the one who is the author of all good, uh, even is the author of Lucifer, right? Yeah. Uh, is God, right? Uh, and that's yeah. the thing. Because um,
1: he was like what? A, he's a cherubim.
0: I believe that's the, the, the common like understanding, the second is, is that yeah. he, is, he was one of the higher ranks of angels. Yeah. And uh, in fact, it's interesting that Pope Francis also says the presence of the devil is on the first page of the Bible, and the Bible ends as well with the presence of the devil, with the victory of God over the devil. Yeah. And it's interesting as we're kind of talking about this distinction between good and evil, uh, because Pope Benedict said the more that one understands the holiness of God the more one understands the opposite of what is holy namely the deceptive masks of the devil mm-hmm. and we yeah. get that right in the beginning
1: yeah right in the beginning well and and it's it shows up all the time like i mean I was, I was telling my students we're about to start the the dive really into like the covenants of the old testament mm-hmm. and i kind of warned them like look we all are going to maybe be like nauseated by how much like sin you're going to see like yeah. and how much they they God continues to make these covenants and draws mm-hmm. draws them closer and closer and they continue to turn away and away in like these you know catastrophic ways. Yeah. Um and and that's going to be like nauseating to you, right? But there's yeah. a signal to that in. Like yeah. uh, as a reader, like what we're supposed to take from that is like yeah, that like sin isn't interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like sin is boring. Um, but also that like it's, sin is a real thing, right? Yep. And, and, and Satan is, is real. He shows up all the time trying to pull people away from God towards what you're saying, like mm-hmm. non-being.
0: And that's really the, the really interesting thing, too, is that we oftentimes think about I mean, look how the world portrays it. We think about sin as something like really, really uh, captivating. We're, mm. In fact, we're even drawn in. You can see about how our popular culture works. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, you can see how drawn in we are by, ooh, they're talking about the devil, yeah. you know? Um, hmm, how juicy, and yet it's boring yeah. at the end of it because we know that that the presence of sin can never empty itself at God Yeah. because it always kind of, it's, it's like a boomerang that yeah. goes right back into ourselves. And if all we're left with at the end of the day is contemplating ourselves, well, even narcissism is boring. Yeah, <laughs> like because it's
1: just there's only so far you can go. And That's it's right. just like, this is just not interesting. Like, yeah, you're never like, drawn
0: into the mystery. In
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think that something so interesting is that like the problem of evil comes up a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. why? So the, the philosophically speaking, the problem of evil is just like, you know, what is evil? Why does it exist? If God mm-hmm. is good, then why does evil Um, like, why does evil have like a certain kind of power, so to mm-hmm. speak? Why um, is it allowed? Why is it allowed? Yeah. yeah and but like no matter what question you ask all roads are going to lead back to the 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 beautiful and um like overwhelming mystery of god and who mm-hmm. god is right mm-hmm. the mysterium at fascinans right yeah. Tremendum at fascinans right like this this mystery that is tremendous and captivating all at mm-hmm. the same time so it's like overwhelming but also just draws us in sin doesn't do that, no. right? Because sin is just, it, it makes us feel like sick and sorrowful and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be like, quote unquote, interesting because there's many different types, but really like at its heart, it's all just a turning away from God. And right. like, how many times can you watch that show?
0: Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's really, I think one of the, the beautiful things about why it's presented so often in the scriptures is so that we can see this this show happening over and over and go, Lord, I don't want to be there. That's not where I yeah. want to dwell. I want to dwell with wherever you are and not where where these times where people have stepped back from your covenant yeah. uh, are. And I think that's why the Lord allows that. Um, and in the mystery of, of, of evil, why the Lord allows um, Israel in the Old Testament and then parts of the early church you know, uh, to be delivered over. Um, to to the enemies of Israel and to, you know, the enemies of the church, et cetera, is not because God doesn't care, but because God wants us to choose him. He wants us to to freely say, Lord God, I want you. And the opposite of that is, again, turning inward on ourselves and our own desires. And that's what we see certainly in the book of Genesis whenever uh, Adam and Eve, they were both there, uh, whenever they turn away from God in order to try to have their own will apart from God. Yeah. And and that is a direct reflection of uh, of what we know about um, about Lucifer about mm-hmm. uh, about Satan.
1: Yeah,
0: and we see that in the scriptures, uh, certainly in uh, in the book of Revelation. But even before we get there, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, there's this really interesting prophecy that is directed against the king of Babylon, but the early church fathers um, agree that it applies with a deeper significance to the fall of of Satan, the Mm -hmm. rebel angel. And this is um, from Isaiah chapter 4, verse 12. How you have fallen from the heavens, O morning star, son of the dawn how you have been cut down to the earth you who conquered nations mm-hmm. and and this is uh, again the beautiful thing about the prophetic works of this of the scriptures and, and and the prophets is that we see this kind of multi-layer at work you yeah. know um and so yeah and so when we get to the book of revelation we see uh what we know so well if you if you uh read revelation chapter 12 verse 7 this is the whole kind of the the counterbalance to Genesis chapters 2 and 3, where, um, where the scriptures tell us, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Mm-hmm. This, of course, is... Um, is the book of Revelation, which people tend to try to read by itself. I have a couple of, uh, of friends and parishioners who are like, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I go, great. I say, where are you going to start? They go, Revelation. I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know of anybody who reads the end of the book before they read yeah. the beginning, you know. And, uh, and I often counsel, maybe start with John's gospel if you want to see how all of these pieces from Genesis mm. all the way through to Revelation come together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't have to start on page one and just go until you get to the end, but like you gotta you gotta hit the highlights that like give you all the like that parts give you of the, the story exactly
0: yeah. and help to give you kind of those uh those marrowy bits and then the yeah. sinews that join the pieces together.
1: Oh, I hate that word, but yes, that's <laughs> true. I just have never liked the word.
0: <laughs> okay, sinews. the ligaments that that bind. Okay, all right, well, all right. But, sorry,
1: but I think too, like when we're talking about scripture. Like think about Job, mm-hmm. right? So like Satan, it, like you have this kind of interesting conversation between like God and Satan Mm -hmm. where Satan is saying like,
0: bet you I can make him turn. yeah, Yeah.
1: Right. And, and God's kind of like boasting about Job, like, um, you there's no understand. one like him yeah. on the earth. Mm-hmm. He's blameless and upright. He fe- fears God and turns away from evil and Satan's kind of like challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> like you see like the permissibility, Hold my pitchfork. right. right yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You see like the permissibility of, um, like how God allows for the good mm-hmm. of, uh, for those who love him. Right. God will allow, you know, um, certain kinds of like like temptations, I guess we mm-hmm. will call it like, yeah. but all for like the good of the person, and right. like we see that in Job. Like he loses everything. This mm-hmm. man is distraught, and mm-hmm. he, he has nothing. He's like kind of being skinned alive, mm-hmm. you know, not metaphor, not literally, but like you know, to the extent of that metaphor, yeah, it's yeah. true. And like we see him like struggle with that, mm-hmm. and we see him like have to like talk through things. Yeah, with he his is friends asking
0: those questions. Why? Yeah, you but know. he
1: doesn't. Like even in his despair, he doesn't turn away. No. right? He's still that blameless and upright man who fears God, and he turns to God with his, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Kinds of questions. Yeah, and he doesn't allow like because the temptation of evil wants us to to make the turn, right? Yeah. to turn the head and to say no, mm-hmm. right? With I the will, will not serve. with the bo- yeah, non-serviam. I will not serve. Right, but. Even in your despair, if you can look at God and say, "Are you serious?" Mm-hmm. Right, that's still a relationship. That's, that's a turn toward God. Yeah, yeah, that's a turn towards God. That's mm-hmm. the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I like how like you see. I don't know this kind of like um, anthropomorphized conversation between God and Satan. Um, but um, you can see how like Satan is not strong enough to like test the just man. Like think about Joseph too, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't hear in Scripture about how Joseph kind of bandies with um, against any, you know, demons or against Satan, but he's called the just man, Mm -hmm. right? More than once. And that tells us also, you know, because the, in the silent years of Jesus's life, um, before his public ministry, he's not, you know, we don't hear anything about him being tempted by the devil or anything like that. And in the large part, that's due to Joseph, right? Yeah. And like the, the just, uh, upright nature of his mm-hmm. character. And the fact yeah, he that always he,
0: lived in accord with what God asked.
1: Exactly, yeah. And there was yeah. no room for Satan to get in mm-hmm. and um, try to come at Mary or try to come at Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is
0: why we call St. Joseph the terror of demons. Terror of demons, yeah. Yeah, Be- because there, there's no quarter. For one who is truly just and who, who is conformed to the will of God, and that's the about St. Joseph. St. Joseph was like you or me you know there was nothing extra special about joseph other than the fact that he knew he was the custos he was the custodian of yeah. the holy family and that drove him to seeking god in all things yeah and and i'll tell you one more you, you were baptized right yeah <laughs> Uh, then you are the custody of uh, you you then are kind of a custodian of the Holy Spirit that is present within you and so we're called very much to uh, to, to follow in that same footsteps yeah. uh, those fo- those same footsteps of Joseph yeah. yeah yeah and Jesus of course speaks about uh, about the presence of evil and he says in the scriptures that he he saw mm-hmm. he saw Satan fall the thing that Isaiah is talking about he saw yeah. this fall the thing that that revelation is looking towards and looking backwards to mm-hmm. uh, Jesus saw you yeah. know and and he was part and parcel he was present yeah in the midst of all of that he you know he didn't cause it to happen but he was there yeah and
1: well and that's part of like the you know obviously this is not something that anyone witnessed but mm-hmm. like that's part of like the um, the tradition of the fall of the angels is that like it was uh, oh sorry it was like God kind of holding up Jesus as like, I'm going to save these people like that, you know, creation hadn't even really happened yet, but Mm -hmm. like God in his foreknowledge, knowing that he's going to need to send a savior and saying like, it's going to be through my son and he's going to take on a human nature to save them. And that's what kind of made Satan say, well, I'm not going to serve someone who's, you know, lower than me because the angels are higher in being than us. Right. And so he said, no, I will not serve. But it was to Jesus that he was saying that Mm to You know, and so like if you've ever, if you've ever read like the screw tape letters in that book, um, it's written from the perspective of, you know, the demon of a
0: junior demon.
1: Yeah. Of a demon in training. Yeah. Um, but they call Christ the enemy, like the capital E enemy, yeah. because that's, that's really like where, where yeah Satan's, he is the one who serves. Yeah. Christ
0: comes not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. But to serve, Yeah. And, and Satan is the one who wishes to be served. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, he wants so, his legions. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. he, is, he is the antithesis of that, which is why Jesus says in John's gospel, chapter 12, verse 31, right before he goes to the cross, now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And that is definitive. It is absolute that Jesus is saving action on the cross, the, the consummate act of service, really service to mankind, right? He's offering worship to to his father, and he's offering service to us by drawing us up Mm -hmm. into the action of the cross. Therefore, the ruler of the world, Satan, is cast out. He has no power and and no authority uh, except for what God allows so that God himself can be magnified. Yeah. It's a complete nullifying of the evil one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, of course, we, we still have to reconcile with it. Another thing that we'll reconcile with very briefly here is that uh, you're watching, too, and you're watching and listening to The Catholic Underground. <laughs> yeah, I messed that segue up, but it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Oh, thank you. You're listening to and watching The Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris Decker. Joined by Olivia Galino and Albert and Ed, are
1: Albertus and Edward?
0: Yes, I presume it's Edward. It's not Edford, is it? It's Edward. Ooh, yeah. I
1: hope it's Edford. <laughs> I've never heard something
0: so much. Yeah. Edric? It's yeah. a close second, Maybe. but
1: Edford? Come on.
0: Yeah, Edford would be cool. Yes. You're listening to the Catholic Underground, and we're glad that you made it through that intro. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking about certainly the presence of of evil and um, and the fact that uh, that Satan is real, yo. Um, I wouldn't use the hashtag, but, but also that, uh, that we have to contend with the fact that, that Jesus is very much the victor. Yeah. But we have to also admit that there's something wrong in our world today. Yeah. Because in previous ages, it seems to have been pretty clear that, uh, that Satan was, was out and about. Mm-hmm. I suppose that if you lived through the First and the Second World War, um, you'd basically step out onto your front stoop and go, "Yep, yeah. evil is present," yeah. because at any moment, um, you know, the bomb could be dropped on your house, or uh, or you could get a letter in, yeah. in the mail saying that that one whom you love has been killed. Yeah, you know. And of course, those of you who have uh, folks that are deployed, uh, you experience that as well. You mm-hmm. know, um, but overarchingly, it's hard for us to to really say. Ah, uh, the devil is here and and yeah. at work today. Maybe 2020, the year 2020, has given us a, a kind of a refresher a shock on that.
1: to the system, but yeah. I remember. Um, I had a professor in college. It was like a literary traditions class. Like kind of all freshmen had to take it. But we were reading the epics, and um, one of them, what we read was Paradise Lost. Mm. Um, which is John Milton Mm -hmm. kind of, um, reworking the garden of Eden and everything. Um, but, uh, I remember at one point our professor just kind of stopped and kind of, you could tell he was like introspecting a little bit and he was just like, do you all believe in hell? Mm -hmm. And this is a Catholic liberal arts school. So of course people were like, yeah, of course, like obviously we believe in hell and you know, we're like bright eyed little 18 year olds. And he was just like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And 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 like people were kind of incredulous, like, What are you talking about? And he was like, You don't act like it. Oh. And yeah. he wasn't talking specifically about us, but this was like an 80 year old man, like he's seen things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just making a comment on like, in the world, we don't act like we no. believe that yeah. Satan is real, that temptation is a thing. Mm-hmm. We, we, we kind of go about our business acting as if that's all like fairy tales.
0: Yeah. And, and furthermore, we treat freedom that way too, right? Oh, yeah. That freedom is just the ability to do whatever I want because yeah. there are no consequences. There aren't any consequences right now that I care about. And there certainly aren't eternal consequences that I have to worry about. That's yeah. kind of where we find ourselves. Yeah, you know. In fact, many people think that that the devil is just kind of a concept, like we were talking about a little bit earlier. And yet, um, I believe it has often been said that the devil's greatest trick Mm -hmm. is trying to convince the world that he doesn't exist. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, or like trying to reduce him to just like a a force. Yeah, like a capital F force. Right, which is why
0: Pope Benedict says, "Whatever the less discerning theologians may say."
1: Ooh, sick burn.
0: The devil, as far as Christian belief is concerned, is a puzzling but real personal and not merely symbolic presence
1: yeah personal that's really that's important because yeah. we can it, like even in our our thinking about satan we can think of like i'm just one in a crowd yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. i don't need he to doesn't worry. care about me
0: individually
1: yeah but he does and and that's mm-hmm. not meant to scare us because like you were saying like the the victory has already been won yeah right and like i have to tell this to my students whenever they get all like you know mm-hmm. verklempt about yeah. like satan and the devil and they're like ladies listen like Christ has already won the victory. Yeah. Look at the cross. That's right. Like, that's the victory over sin and death. Satan mm-hmm. has no more power, mm-hmm. right? If he has any powers, it's because God allows it for the building up of the kingdom.
0: That's right. But, Which is ultimately also why we show the crucifix. Yeah. We show the moment the <laughs> the battle is won. Yeah. Because in the symbol of death, right, in the, in the, the symbol of someone who is dead on the cross, mm-hmm. we see that, that we know that that is not the end. Yeah. And so, and so, the sickest burn of all is not showing a cross with no corpus on it, yeah. but but showing that Jesus is there and He is like triumphant because He has died, exactly because He will rise.
1: Yeah, and so Satan is just—he's a sore loser.
0: Yeah, indeed, and that's he has been sore well since the since the beginning, since Genesis, right? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. since way 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 back. Yeah. Yeah, I love like in, um, so the, the shape Letters was my favorite book for a really long time. I think that was like my first foray into like allegory,
0: uh-huh. you know. Um, it's a really well, C.S. Lewis is a fantastic author, of oh, course, yeah. but, but it's definitely a good one to read. Maybe yeah. even during this time where everybody is kind of uh, worked up about about mm-hmm. the presence of evil. It's a really good little allegory to uh, yeah. to meditate upon what I don't want my life to do.
1: Yeah. And it's honestly like you might think, I don't want to read a book about demons, you know, like, mm-hmm. but it's very sobering. It doesn't make you afraid. It makes you like very aware, but yeah. in a way that's calming. I don't know if that makes any sense, but.
0: No, I um, find it pretty calming too. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not creepy the yeah. way that it's written. It's not meant
1: to be like, Ooh, mm-hmm. something's coming. It's It's more like like exposing Satan for what he is, which mm-hmm. he doesn't like. Right. Right. And he even says, so this is, um, uh, the uncle Screwtape writing to his, uh, not his cousin, his nephew Wormwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even says that the, the name of their game is concealment, right? Yeah. They want to be concealed and not have their activity as demons. Um, uh, and like the pulling of those puppet strings. They don't want that to be obvious. Right. And he's telling his, his nephew who's like in training, mm-hmm that um, the name of the game is also getting the human beings to disbelieve in their existence. Mm -hmm. And so he says, when human beings disbelieve in our existence, we lose all the pleasing results of direct terrorism and we make no magicians. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, when they believe in us, we cannot make them materialists and skeptics, at least not yet. Um, and he talks about how the uh, kind of method for doing that is keeping the patient in the dark. Specifically, he says um, we can take advantage of the fact that devils are predominantly comic, comic figures in the modern imagination. Yeah. So, and think I mean, just about look it. at
0: how it's portrayed in television yeah. and, and uh, in the media.
1: Yeah. Horns, red, pitchfork, tail, like, and that it's, you know, you might see that and be a little creeped out, but you're not going to see that and be like shaken in your metaphysical mm-hmm. core. That's right? right.
0: And of course, we also know on television, we even have made Lucifer into a superhero. I
1: know. That makes me Which sick.
0: is insane. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, I'm talking to you. Fox Network. Yeah. I'm talking to you. I cannot believe Oh, mm-hmm.
1: Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but th- these are all like methods that, uh, I think C.S. Lewis is, is rightly pointing out that Satan uses. Cause I mean, think about like in the gospels, Jesus himself calls Satan, the father of lies. Yeah. Right. Deception is their, their main method, their mm-hmm. main, you know, the category of their bag of
0: tricks. Sure. It's really the only thing that he can create. Yeah. Is and, lie. Yeah. <laughs> is lies. Ooh, I, there's a paper to write. Mm
1: is that yeah is that even a kind it's of not, creation yeah, is it
0: it's, it's it's a well it's a
1: creative destruction on the yeah
0: mind? it's a non-creation Ugh. yeah i know I okay all right that. moment of moment of reflection there.
1: but i think uh, like i think the thing that bothers me is like so what I, what C.S. Lewis is getting at, right, that like he's creating um, a world of like materialist people who don't believe in anything spiritual. Mm-hmm. But even if we believe in like the amorphous spiritual, like, you know, I'm spiritual, but not religious kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I think that what we tend to do is like we live in a very information driven age. I think we tend to rationalize mm-hmm. and over rationalize. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything and everything, but even, like, when it comes to, like, who Satan is and what sin is, right? We can easily rationalize away our sins, you know? Yeah, we try to. We can try, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't actually do anything, but we can convince ourselves that it's not real or there's not a consequence or it wasn't even a sin, you know? Um, But... We can also like over rationalize our understanding of the devil because it's something that we don't understand, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and we encounter temptations and things, but there's still so much that's like deeply mysterious about mm-hmm. like Satan and the way that he works because we are oriented towards good, yeah, right? No matter like the choices that you make, you are good at, in the very core of your being, it's how you're created, yeah, yeah. Before you do or say anything, you are good, right? And so, like we are ordered towards good no matter what Mm -hmm. and so trying to contemplate or think about someone or something that is fundamentally not right something that is fundamentally evil Mm -hmm. is like so much of a, a thought of experiment that our brains can hardly handle it, mm-hmm. um, and so it can we can over rationalize it because we don't understand, but also because there's a little fear there, yeah. and we just want to like cover it over and just try to get to a conclusion. Mm-hmm.
0: You think that's why we uh, tend to be I won't say infatuated, but more intrigued by the devil, oh, yeah. even more so than we can be about the things of God, which are also mysterious, but they're creative, they're they're yeah. good. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think that like yes i think that there's definitely a fascination with like you know the Mm -hmm. devil and demons and all that kind of possession and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff Um, And I think because we can take for granted the mysteries that we already are immersed in, like in, in who God is and the sacraments and uh, the life of the church, like these are deep and profound mysteries. And like, if you are a baptized Catholic, you're initiated into those mysteries, but we sometimes miss that.
0: That's right. So uh, we always want to concentrate on the mysteries that are good. Uh, Keep concentrating. We'll be right back after this. You're watching and listening to the Catholic Underground. Stay right there. definitely have found the Catholic underground because you're here. I'm Father Chris joined by Olivia. We've got Albert and Ed. Kathleen is on assignment and we're talking about Satan and the one who overcomes him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we were talking a little bit about the, the kind of where we find evil and Satan in scripture and uh, why we don't believe anymore <laughs> in the presence of evil. I think partially, too, it's because we don't actually believe in the presence of God as, as a yeah. culture. You know, we might have kind of this vague sense, maybe this deistic sense that he set the world in motion and is kind yeah. of just watching things run. But uh, but no, he he is personally involved with us. God mm-hmm. is. And that's the thing. Is As we were talking on the other side of the break about how, how uh, Satan is personal and that he really wants to drag you specifically away, mm-hmm. um, God is more personal because yeah. he can truly see the heart. Mm-hmm. You see, Satan can't get inside everywhere. He no. can just kind of... He can kind of ping things back yeah. and forth, but but he can't he can't get to where God can can get and wishes to dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can talk very briefly about the the different uh, modes of how the devil uh, tries to work.
1: Yeah, well, and I think cause like pop culture displays, you know, poorly mostly like just one way. Like yeah. people just kind of jump straight to possession. Right. And right?
0: possession possession a person's soul can never be possessed. That's always That's important. Yeah, that's, important. that's the domain of God a person's soul can never be possessed because mm-hmm. that god animates us that yeah. that's that's uh kind of his most yeah most valuable part of us i mean yeah. he, he loves all of us but so when we talk about possession we're not talking about um, satan doing anything to the soul mm-hmm. but because it's a uh, you know can be shot cleverly on sound stages in hollywood it does involve um, a concentration upon activity within the human body where mm-hmm. the person's body is not subject to its own free will, but is moved by a demon as if it were its master. Yeah. But that's again, that's the uh, that's the, the far reaching. Right. right. That that's is the, like the extreme, the absolute extreme. Yeah. It does happen um, and you can read certainly accounts of them. But there, there are other. um, We'll just say lesser uh, Mm -hmm. experiences that we have with uh, with Satan, his demons, or the presence Mm -hmm. of evil, and we should talk about those because that's really where most of our battleground takes place. You know, Um, the the most kind of basic form uh, is what we call um, uh, you know kind of temptation. Yeah, the fact that 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 we um, we are tempted Mm -hmm. um, by by the presence of sin, and sometimes we're uh, we're tempted. Well, we can. We always say, "I'm tempted, tempted by um, the flesh, the world, and the devil." Right? Yeah. Uh, not all at one time, but I'm tempted by my own inclination towards sinfulness. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we even get the devil involved, um, I'm tempted by by my own appetites. Right? Yeah. As Saint Paul says, sometimes the, my God is my belly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like uh, I think Aquinas talked about how, like, you know, there's certain essential parts of you, right? Your intellect, your will, your appetites. And so sin happens whenever your will outruns Mm-hmm. You know, your intellect or uh, it, uh, like allows your appetites to outrun your will. Like, I mean, sorry, your appetites outrun your intellect mm-hmm. together with the will. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Whereas, you know, because we are created in the image of God and God is intelligible and mm-hmm. intelligent. And right? rational. And rational. Right. That's what makes us like God. That's what makes us different from, you know, dolphins and kangaroos. Mm-hmm. Um, our intellect should always have kind of uh, not... a. Control, like authority, that's what, what I'm looking for, right, over like your reason. I mean, um, mm-hmm. over your appetites and your will, and so like that's when sin happens, is when our will just kind of outruns everything else. Yeah,
0: and yeah. and that's the thing, uh, and and that's really. Uh, just kind of the everyday. That's the most common thing we have to experience right. is just everyday temptation of mm-hmm. wanting to choose our will um, over God's will. Yeah. And that happens certainly on the level of our flesh. It also happens to the spirit of the world, right? Things that are alluring about the world. Uh, just look on social media and you'll see what we're talking about.
1: Yes. Um, but like even in that situation, like nothing is forcing you to sin. No, like right. Like your, mm-hmm. your will is always free.
0: Yeah. We're always compelled to do what is good. Right. But we have the freedom to choose what is not good.
1: Yeah. And it's like, so you could say in that situation, it's like, Satan kind of presenting before us these, these pleasurable options, mm-hmm. these things that may be dressed up as good yeah. or might be good themselves, but there's something better that we're supposed to be choosing, yeah. you know, pleasure,
0: possessions, and power, right? Yeah. Those are the things that are always set before us.
1: Yeah. And so devil kind of like presents them before us and like entices us to them, mm-hmm. but he, we have to be the one to choose them. He right. can't make us do that. Right.
0: And and that's of course the, the next level in temptation is the devil himself. Just, yeah. uh, Either sending one of his demons to do the work or, you know, um, kind of going up the chain of uh, or going down the chain of uh, of the the lowerarchy, um, mm-hmm. of him getting directly involved. Um, whenever we talk about temptation, we're we're not talking about the, the kind of the um, extraneous ways, the extraordinary ways in which uh, in which the demons and, and Satan yeah. work. And one of the ways that we would talk about is infestation. So like if you, if you hear about a haunted house or something mm. like that, I've actually had to go and do house blessings before yeah. where there have been um, reports of, of infestation. Mm. And that's, uh, you know, very simple for any priest to do, to, to go in and, and do the blessing in Latin uh, mm. with a properly blessed holy water. Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually tell the the uh, folks in the family, the presence of the family, um, if if. This doesn't take care of the situation. Then we'll we'll go up the list, right? We'll find mm-hmm. we'll find the DOS and Exorcist, and then he'll come. Yeah. But infestation is a real thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's important to note that uh, now, if you hear, you know noises and and things like that in your home sometimes it's just uh, a squirrel yeah yeah Yeah. i have a skittering in my house and i know it's a squirrel yeah because my cat knows what it is Mm -hmm. um yeah but uh but yeah so that would be infestation Mm -hmm. um then the next kind of rung is is oppression Mm -hmm. and this is where demons exert uh, a concentrated external influence that cause physical harm or discomfort to a person so like uh, a pushing or shoving right mm-hmm. or, or even a strange illness mm-hmm. uh, that can be uh, a form of demonic oppression mm-hmm. not always it's important to note that right, right? Yeah. these things involve discernment we'll talk about that in a little bit mm-hmm. um but uh but sometimes these strange recurring illnesses can be that kind of that, that presence you yeah know? Um, sometimes chronic illnesses and things mm-hmm. like that yeah uh, demonic obsession uh, so we know about infestation oppression obsession is, uh, is when a demon exerts exerts an external influence that affects a person's mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes this can take the the form of extraordinarily persistent intense temptations um, or it can uh, intensify some of our kind of natural tendencies uh, yeah. or pathologies.
1: Yeah, or like phobias, that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah.
0: Exactly, so you can take maybe a fear of heights and it gets dialed like up to an 11. Push it to the extreme. Yeah, and then finally, yeah. Uh, I was just
1: going to say, I, I think it's interesting to notice how like, you know, you're starting infestation. It's just happening with like external things around you, your mm-hmm. house, something like that. Oppression is starting to happen to you in a physical yeah. way. Obsession is starting to like penetrate your mind mm-hmm. more. And then like finally that last step of possession is like an insight. Is know? a
0: relinquishing yeah. of uh, yeah. of the body. Yeah. And it's important to note, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about um, about how these things happen. The devil doesn't just decide to pick on you. Yeah, You know, if you're trying to live a virtuous life, yes, you're going to have kind of a target painted on your head. You yeah. know, so, so you're, you're going to be the subject, certainly, of temptation. That's all of us. That's any of us who are trying to live virtuously. But it's important to note that we ought not to uh, to open up doorways. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever we talk about dabbling in the occult, whenever we talk about dabbling in Eastern spiritualities that are apart from Christianity, yeah. Um, that's important to note, right? Mm-hmm. This is why father makes such a big deal about, about practices like yoga. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we don't know a lot about what's going on behind the scenes on the level of the spiritual yeah. realm, no matter what people tell you. Mm-hmm. And so it's best not to invite that as, as an open doorway. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then of course, uh, whenever you're involved in things like witchcraft, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the Harry Potter series was is fantastically famous, mm-hmm. but whenever you have kids that are reading these books and then become interested in the the lifestyles that that it kind of uh, you know lay, lays up as yeah uh, as attractive. something that's laudable and attractive you can certainly go down the rabbit hole of uh of, of witchcraft and witchcraft yeah. is never something that can that can arrive at god right in fact exactly. it begins to summon the works of the evil one exactly and that's a real thing
1: Yeah. And even things that are considered like somewhat innocuous or just like party games, things like tarot cards, Ouija Mm. boards, like it's all of that is a is an invitation. It's saying like, yes, I'm open to what lies behind this. Right. And that's not something that we're created for. Right. And it's in fact, it's, you know, it's Satan. right? Right. So it's it's something that will work actively to destroy us right if we open that door
0: and that's also why we are not to go to mediums to fortune tellers i think like when uh, saint louis cathedral um right outside the front door you have this whole line of uh of of so-called psychics and fortune Mm -hmm. tellers it's not that they're not accurate you know um but uh but they're listening to voices they're Mm -hmm. discerning voices and something can tell you in your ear that uh, that that they are an angel, but you mm-hmm. don't know what kind of angel. And remember, yeah. there's only two types of spirit. There's the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and then there is the evil spirits, the demons and and Satan, right? And and mm-hmm. there's no third direction. There's no neutral spirit, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's important to note, and so we, we ought not to uh, to open these doors because that's when we can open ourselves to these to these four different ways that are um, that are outside of just the regular ordinary temptations that we that we undergo by trying to live virtuous godly lives yeah. um, So should we be afraid, Olivia?
1: absolutely not
0: there's nothing there really is no thing to be afraid of. yeah
1: no thing there is no reality that is to be feared here and and that's hard for us because like these things can be terrifying right we don't and and again because we're ordered towards good right so we have a fear of the loss of something good yeah. right but if we stay close to the sacraments we stay close to god in prayer we stay in a state of grace mm-hmm. we're fine that's right, right. and, and the
0: sacraments are there for that right exactly uh, yeah. in fact i think that one of the 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 devil's uh, next greatest hits Is trying to convince us that the sacrament of reconciliation is not needed and is something that Catholics don't need to do anymore and doesn't have any help to us at all
1: right or it's just like not efficacious like if you've sinned you've sinned and that's it for you yeah and that's not it at all redemption is real
0: that's right and and the sacrament of reconciliation is is once again Allowing the Lord back in to all the areas that we've ceded to the evil one uh, or to ourselves more often Yeah, then then we're giving the dominion back over to God.
1: Yeah Mm -hmm. And so like even the catechism talks about how very explicitly in uh, paragraph 395 Says that the power of Satan is nonetheless not infinite. Mm. He is only a creature Powerful from the fact that he is pure spirit, but still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. Although Satan may act in the world out of hatred for God and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his action may cause grave injuries of a spiritual nature and indirectly even of a physical nature to each man and to society, the action is permitted by divine providence which with strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. It is a great mystery that providence should permit diabolic activity, but we know that in everything God works for good for those who love him. And I think maybe like the fear can come from like, pitting God versus, or like good versus evil or yeah. God versus Satan as like this kind of equal match. Like, ooh, who's going to win? Battle yeah. Royale. But it's so, it's so mismatched. Yeah. God it, in is fact, it infinite. is the Royale that wins. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, so like Satan is is like, you know, some kind of toddler trying to take on like John Cena. Like mm-hmm. it's just never going to happen. Right. Right. And so we can trust in that. Yeah. Right. And that might be hard for us because we see how evil plays out in the world and mm-hmm. it's kind of constantly in front of us. Yeah. But that's not the full picture.
0: No, it's not, exactly. And and we must uh, trust as Saint Paul does, right? We know that everything God everything God works for is of the good. Yeah. Right? And if we love God and we want to try to, to get to God in everything that we do, evil may well, Archbishop Sheen says it well, right? The devil may have his hour, but God will have his day. Yeah. And, and that is important for us to believe. Um, I wish we had time to go into a little bit more of, of discernment of spirits and spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, but we're going to run out of time if we try. But I'll just simply, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's kind of my pick of the week, sort of. Um, and this is uh, Dan Burke's Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits Um By the Sophia Institute Press. This is a fantastic primer on uh, Saint Ignatius's rules for discernment of spirits Mm. and so when we talk about trying to to learn to live the virtuous life and to see how God is calling us to himself and then being able to root out the voices of uh, of of evil uh, and root out those voices that seek to move us away from God. We call that discernment of spirits that comes to us from the from the letters of John uh, and also elsewhere in Scripture, and then Saint Ignatius is the powerhouse of this. So Dan Burke's Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. I'll put that in the show notes for you, um, so that you can read more about it. Uh, it's, a fa- it's a short read too. In fact, I've I've read almost the entire book in less than we'll just say 16 hours. So. <laughs> And I'm not a fast reader, regardless of what you may think. Uh, I'm not a fast reader. What we thought we would do uh, in, in, in place of the pick of the week, you know, we're trying to do that rotating thing again, is, uh, is do uh, kind of what we're calling patron saint bingo. So you can mark this off on your card. Right. It's kind of a low-hanging fruit, but uh, but very much a spiritual master relevant. and super relevant. And that is Saint Benedict. St. Benedict of Norcia. Norcia. Yeah. St. Benedict, of course, is known as the father of Western monasticism. In fact, uh, in a bygone era, we used to name entire places because there was a Benedictine monastery there. So like Munich in Germany, that's the German word for monk. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, Monaco is Italian for Mm monk. 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 So yeah, these places that we know as cities and as principalities today um, were were monastic strongholds mm-hmm. in ages past. Uh, po- uh, Pope Benedict, Saint Benedict, um, is um, is the one who gave us the the Benedictine Rule. Mm-hmm. And that rule of St. Benedict is the basis for many other religious orders, including the Franciscans Mm -hmm. and the Dominicans. While they may have developed their own rule of life, there was a basis for it. And Mm -hmm. so typically you would base your religious order, if you were starting up a new one, on the rule of St. Benedict or the rule of St. Basil. Right, who was the father of Eastern monasticism. Yeah.
1: And that's, Yeah, so like a lot of rel- modern religious orders um, fault, still follow the rule of uh, Benedict in some form or fashion. They right. might have amended it, but mm-hmm. like if you dig down to the heart of, I mean, how... Venture to guess, like eighty percent of yeah. religious orders, you're gonna find the Rule of Saint. Yeah, Benedict.
0: even the Augustinian Rule, mm-hmm. which, uh, which of course, uh, Saint Augustine, um, uh, father and penned, um, even still that has its roots in yeah. in, in Saint Benedict. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Benedict, a little bit about him, he was a hermit that was living outside of Naples, um, and you know he was out in the middle of nowhere, so he was not getting the pizza. He was not, um, but uh, but he he was living kind of in a hole in the ground basically, and some monks asked him to be their leader or to be their abbot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their abbas, their father. And Benedict didn't want to, he reluctantly said yes, but he says, look, if I come to be your abbot, it's not going to be easy because I'm going to challenge your piety, mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you to be more devoted to your prayer and to life, and I'm going to challenge you to be even more ascetic. So mm-hmm. that means you're going to give up even more yeah. um, if you're going, to, if you really want to get to know God. Mm-hmm. And so this led some of the lazier monks to, uh, well, try to to kill him, to just bump him <laughs> off, right? Oh, So they poisoned his bread and his wine, uh, and as he was accustomed to do, Benedict said the blessing over the the meal um, by tracing the sign of the cross over it, and then immediately the cup of wine shatters, and and then he figured, well, if this is poison, then the bread's probably poison too. Mm. So he had like these two ravens that that hung out around him all the time.
1: This is like... I defy you to not find a novel that could be written about this. I know,
0: really, this exactly, is so, like yeah. so
1: enticing. So, so
0: he's got these these two ravens that always kind of hung around him, and and he told them to to t- take the bread and to fly off so that it couldn't harm anybody yeah. else. And and so uh, Benedict is also known as being one of the principal um, warriors against Satan and against evil, mm-hmm. and he is invoked most especially. Um, oftentimes in exorcisms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever we talk about St. Benedict, we can't talk about him without talking about his medal. Originally, it was a cross. And then um, in the 1800s for his, um, or I should say in, um, yeah, in 1880, for the 140th anniversary of the birth of St. Benedict, um, a, a monk who was an artist uh, was commissioned to design what's called the Jubilee oh, Medal yeah. of St. Benedict. And yeah. that's the one that most of you are familiar with. It, it's round, mm-hmm. and uh, it has uh, it has St. Benedict on the front and then the cross on the back, the cross being the most important thing mm-hmm. um, there, and there are also a whole bunch of letters and stuff around it. And so I thought I'd kind of um, yeah, break down, what it. demystify this, uh, this really interesting jubilee medal of St. Benedict. So on the front, it says, Crux Sancti Patris Benedicti, which means the cross of our Holy Father Benedict. Um, and it also says, Eius in obitu nostro presencia muniamor, which means may we be strengthened by his presence at the hour of our death. Uh, along with St. Joseph, St. Benedict is also invoked, um, asking for the grace mm-hmm. of a happy death, mm-hmm. of being able to have all of the, uh, of the strings, um, you know, all of the, un- the loose ends tied up, yeah. so to speak, before death. Yeah. Uh, Saint Benedict is, is one of those important saints. Um, and then on the back of the medal, there is a, there's a cross, which of course is the most uh, obvious thing there. The monks of Clear Creek have a beautiful descriptor. They say the cross is an object of terror to the wicked spirits. They cannot endure its presence. They no sooner see it than they let go their prey and they take to flight. Hmm. Uh, in a word of such importance to Christians is the cross and the blessing it brings along with it, that from times of the apostles down to our own age the faithful have ever been accustomed to make the sign of the cross frequently upon themselves, and the priests of the Church have constantly used it upon all objects, which in virtue of their sacerdotal, their priestly character, they have the power to bless and sanctify. So the cross is there. And there's also some some little medallions on either side of the cross that say CSPB, and that's basically the same thing that's on the front of the medal. It's an abbreviation for crux Sancti Patris Benedicti, the cross of the Holy Father Benedict. And that's the purpose of the medal, right? Yeah. That is the cross of our Holy Father Benedict. Then there's some other abbreviations around the cro- or on the cross and around the medal itself. Crux Sancta sit mihi Lux, and Non draco sit mihi Dux. That is a pentameter verse in Latin, and it means, "May the cross be my light," and let not the dragon be my guide Mm. or let not the dragon overwhelm me yeah the draco overwhelm me Mm -hmm. Um, when you put those two lines together it contains the christian's protest that he confides in the holy cross and he refuses to bear the yoke which the devil would limit upon him Mm -hmm. and then uh, beginning on the right hand and going all the way around there are some letters some initials that uh, that have to do with the saying of uh, of holy father benedict of saint benedict and that is used in um, in the prayers of exorcism, and that's Vade retro satana, numquam suade mihi vana, Satan, begone, Satan, and suggest not to me thy vain things. Sunt malae quae libas, ipsae venea bibas. The cup thou gives me is evil. Drink thou thy own poison. And I can't tell you how many times over the course of um, well of my life that I, I've I've been very aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right, this is part of the discernment, and then I have said, "Vade retro, satana, get yeah, behind I mean, me, Satan, behind be me. gone, get 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 out of here," um, and I'll even go so farther, huh? Do not suggest to me these vain things. Mm-hmm you're offering me a cup that is, is evil, is poisoned, go and drink it yourself. Yeah, Drink your poison yourself. Sometimes I will say that too. Huh? Be gone, Satan, drink your poison yourself. Mm-hmm. And and these words are supposedly said by St. Benedict. And um, whenever he was suffering temptation in his cave, um, which he overcame by the sign of the cross, and then of the second verse there, the the moment of his enemies offering to him the, the, the poison, mm-hmm. uh, that poisoned cup. Um, he discovered by making the sign of life, the sign of the cross over it. Yeah. And so um, those are now kind of part and parcel to how we fight yeah. against evil.
1: Yeah. And it reminds me, like, like all of these different, um, they're, you know, they're prayers, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's, it's a medal of prayers. Yeah, so, like, uh, there's so many different ones kind of contained in the medal. And it reminds me of, um, like, from Paul about, like, putting on the armor of mm-hmm. Christ and, like, the, you know, the helmet and the breastplate and the, like, the what is it called like the little the girdle, the girdle. The cincture. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and so like all of the these just feel like like pieces of that armor mm-hmm. you know like so like the more you pray each of these and the more that you like um you know uh, allow yourself to be closer to god than your next breath yeah right? the or more you re-
0: internalize those things yeah, right
1: then the more that you can say these things with confidence the confidence of the cross that's right right like vade retro satana mm-hmm. get behind me right exactly yeah. because you're
0: not saying this on your own but you're saying this right. in the power of jesus and his cross right i have my scapular mm-hmm. speaking of putting on armor of course it's got the miraculous metal on it
1: you have a uh, huge this miraculous on it
0: i do i love it i do i'm a member of the militia immaculata That's so it's right, got to yeah. be big and then and then in my little scapular pocket because i have a scapular oh. pocket i have my benedictine medal here hmm somewhere oh wait no this is my saint james
1: Yeah, I was going to say. On the other
0: side, I have in my little pocket. You have two pockets? Yes.
1: Scapulars.com. Just saying. Well, my scapular is a metal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, right, because you can Mm. wear the metal once you've been invested. There it is. Oh, I've got got more than one. I didn't even realize. Oh, look at that. So I've got my Benedictine medal, and then I've got St. Joseph. I didn't realize I had such a powerhouse here in my scapular. Heck yes. Who put these in there? I don't know. Jesus. Well, I hope so. I presume so. Satan can't touch these things. Exactly. So there you go. All right. Well, that's awesome. That's a, a tour of my scapular. Ladies I love and gentlemen. it.
1: Father Chris discovers the medals that he wears <laughs> every right. day.
0: That's right. I know. I say I say my uh, my miraculous medal prayer every day. Now I'm going to have to start remembering to to throw a St. Joseph prayer in there.
1: Oh, I got a good one for you. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. The one that's like, um, you can trace it back to like 50 AD. Oh, And it's like nice. never been known to fail. Ooh, yeah. okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I got interested. you
1: back. We can put that in the show notes too. I think that would Y'all be a great interested. thing to do.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. As I, I try to put my scapular yeah, back. Put yourself together. On here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Whew, yeah, so so the Medal of St. Benedict definitely highly recommended uh, mm-hmm. for those of you who are trying to live a virtuous life because we believe that sacramentals do indeed lead us towards God, right? right. That's what sacramentals are. Yeah. Sacramentals are objects, blessed objects, that lead us to the sacraments, that lead us ultimately to the Eucharist. Yeah,
1: and I think something that I've been thinking about while you were you know, beautifully going through um, the different parts of the medal, I was just thinking about how... It's understandable that we could be afraid, especially if we're thinking about like, I have to fight Satan on my own, you know, like I can't do that. I can't, sometimes I can barely resist temptation, you know, (laughs) to do something really small, like not eat a Tootsie Roll. Like, so how am I supposed to do that? Right. But the reality is that the more that we clutch our our cross, like the cross of Christ Mm -hmm. and the more that we, um, you know, become more, uh more of who we are called to be in Christ, right? We, we, we are the image. We become more of the likeness. Mm -hmm. Um, and the more that we like, uh, commit ourselves to a state of grace, like all these things are super important because they mean that we are conformed to the, the, the life of Christ. Yeah and it's christ who fights that's, us, right. that's right that's right yeah and so yeah. like it's if it's a if you're thinking like i i'm too weak to do that i'm not strong enough to do that look to someone like saint joseph yeah. because yeah. like one of the titles for him in the litany is the lover of poverty he knew that he was not equipped mm-hmm. to do what he was asked to do but it didn't matter because it left room for god to work in him
0: that's right exactly you know and and, and that's important to note too uh, saint paul in his letter to the romans right Oh, we do not know how to pray as we ought, Mm -hmm. but it is the same Spirit that helps us in our weakness. The Spirit intercedes for us with groans that are not expressed in words, right, that are too deep for words. And so we have to realize that that without God we we can't do it we can't yeah, do it we just can't. The only thing that we can give is yes, Lord, I invite you in. Yeah. You know, and and that's the way, and then and then God gets to work, then yeah. then Jesus begins to fight in us and through us, because that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit animates us. It takes it takes our our frail body, and and our our um, our soul that that has been kind of wounded, if you will, by the presence of evil. It's remade in baptism. It's strengthened um, in confirmation with the gifts of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, and then we're sent out. Um, but but we do constantly have to ask the Lord to to recharge that to to kind of give us yeah. uh, that renewal. Yeah. And yeah. he will. He and, wants it. And he will. He wants that. More more than sometimes we want it for ourselves, yeah. God wants to stop at nothing for us to be with him. And so he's willing to give us everything that we need to fight against evil. Yeah. And uh, and those words are trustworthy for sure. So we hope that this has helped you um, maybe to, to just go ahead and say, yep, uh, Satan is real. Evil is real. Um, but also that Jesus is the victor and uh, he is the king. And if Christ is our king then we need no other we need claim no other mm-hmm. as always the Catholic Underground is made possible by listeners and by viewers and by prayer warriors and by benefactors like you you can become an official Undergrounder by going to catholicunderground.com donate and helping us out you can also help us out by letting others know about the Catholic Underground remember to like us and to heart us and to star us on your platform of choice and if the podcasting service that you listen to uh, that you use to listen to us has a review option Maybe consider leaving a favorable comment because that helps us out, too. And, well, you know, sometimes you like to read
1: it's just nice, nice things, too. We yeah. like those. Yeah, yeah.
0: Our panelists this week have been, well, Olivia.
1: Yay. <laughs> she's Sorry at, to disappoint you.
0: That's okay. No, we're glad that you're here. Uh, she's at the dot the.real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to see the cakes she's been baking, then uh, you'll want to go check out her Instagram and Twitter yeah. for that matter.
1: Yeah, I do bake.
0: You've been cake casting, casting.
1: I was caking this week, yes.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, also, uh, Albert, Albert Dupont is uh, running the audio. Uh, thank you, Albert. You're welcome. We managed to keep her in the air. That's right. She's still flying. Uh, and then also, Ed Ball is our video director, so he's been making sure that the video looks nice and pristine. He even white-balanced all the cameras. So oh, if you're he's watching so good. us, Yeah, it's, it's all Ed doing oh, that. Oh, Edford. Oh, Edford. Yeah, Jim Hayes is our research director, and he's got his crew in the lab, too. We miss you, Jim. need to get in touch with him this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. I'm at Digital Catholic on Twitter and on Instagram. You've been listening to The Catholic Underground, cutting through the noise so that you can find that still small voice. We hope to see you next time, and, uh, well, yeah, we'll see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.